What is up, everyone? Happy Football Friday. It's weird not having uh, not having football on the Friday. Uh, you get so spoiled by bowl season, having games every day, and then it suddenly ends the week of the championship game, and it's like, you know, we don't got any. No Thursday night football because it's week 18. No, no bowl games left except the Natty. So, But, yeah. Yeah. Good to have Logan back. What's up, man? Good to be here, my man. Uh, yeah, we got uh, got a good amount to cover. And there's a lot of news going on um, between all the leagues: USFL, XFL, uh, college football, transfer portal still going crazy. Um, and then, of course, we have Week 18 this weekend in NFL to decide. Uh, a bunch of stuff. Uh, only one division is left available, or two divisions are left available: AFC South, NFC East, and uh, two playoff spots. Three playoff spots if you count the AFC South. But uh, yeah, no no games to recap because I recapped them all on uh, the Monday show. We're just gonna jump into news. So uh, <clears throat> XFL. I'll start with the uh, the transaction that I just got notified about. For my D.C. Defenders, we have a, a new quarterback. It is Jordan Ta'amu, former St. Louis Battlehawks quarterback and was on the Chiefs practice squad after that um, 2020 XFL season. Don't know where he was last year. Uh, I don't remember him playing in the USFL any but um, yeah, pretty good quarterback um, for uh, the lower professional leagues here in XFL, USFL. Also, we have the opening week schedule for the XFL, February 18th and 19th. That um, the first day on Saturday, the 18th. Going to open up with the Vegas Vipers at the Arlington Renegades. That's going to be at Choctaw Stadium, um, 3 p.m. on ABC. I haven't re-looked into the rosters yet. I'm going to do that more probably the week before um, the season starts after the Super Bowl. But uh, interested to see who my if my preseason picks were are, are still kind of in that order because Vegas was my number one. Um, also on the 18th, the Orlando Guardians are going to be at the Houston Roughnecks. That's at TD ECU Stadium. Uh, that's uh, at 8.30 on ESPN and FX. So it's going to be interesting to have games on FX. Um, and then on the Sunday, we got the St. Louis Battlehawks at the San Antonio Brahmas. That's at the Alamo Dome. That's at uh, 3 p.m. on ABC. And then the Seattle Sea Dragons take on my uh, D.C. Defenders at Audi Field um, in D.C. there, 8 p.m. on ESPN. We also got the divisions announced they're kind of weird because there's not enough teams like geographically that similar um so it's north and south the north division is going to be the dc defenders seattle sea dragons st louis battlehawks 
and the Vegas Vipers, unfortunately, for my defenders there. Uh, and then the South is the Arlington Renegades, Houston Roughnecks, Orlando Guardians, and San Antonio Brahmas. The South makes a lot more sense than the uh, the North does. I would say, though, uh, it just feels like Vegas is kind of like really weird in that. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I'm really I'm I'm more excited about the XFL than the uh, USFL, but maybe that's just the Rock <laughs> branding. Yeah, uh, the USFL news: we got a couple signings here. The Houston Gamblers um, they have signed tight end Brandon Barnes, played in the AAF before, I believe USFL as well. Um, and then the Philadelphia Stars, they signed two people to note. Tight end Ryan Izzo, former Patriots draft pick there, um, and has been around. And then corner St- Channing Stribling, which is an interesting story. Channing Stribling was drafted by the St. Louis Battlehawks, the XFL, chose to re-sign with the Philadelphia Stars instead. So that's the first kind of kind of guy we've seen make a choice between the two spring leagues um not gonna be the last for sure i can i can already see that but yeah i i would not pick the usfl but they do have they're going into their second season xfl is only going to be year one so i understand that familiarity kind of thing College football, uh, another USFL connection. The uh, NFL PA Bowl, we have one of the head coaches announced for that. It is Michigan Panthers head coach Jeff Fisher. He will serve as one of the head coaches of that all-star bowl game there. Uh, One coaching carousel note here. Kind of a weird story also. Uh, Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher has a new offensive coordinator. He has hired uh, Missouri State head coach Bobby Petrino as his offensive coordinator. Now, Bobby Petrino already was supposed to be going to UNLV to be there. Was it offense or defensive? I don't remember what coordinator he was supposed to be at UNLV, but... I thought it was head coach. Was it head coach? I don't. I don't think so. I thought it was a coordinator because I don't know though. I don't remember. Uh, regardless, though, I'm sure he's getting paid more than uh, what UNLV was gonna pay him, uh, and SEC. So there you go, Bobby Petrino, back in the the big ranks there. Transfer portal, like I mentioned, it is still just popping off. Um, I th- think I saw the one tweet that said from December 5th when it opened to January 5th now, a month in, it's increased like 1,300 players or something like that. <laughs> and going to be more. Um, That's crazy. So, here we go. Oregon State quarterback Tristan Gebbia, he has entered the portal. How about UCLA? Chip Kelly gets a massive running back. Ball State running back Carson Steele has committed to UCLA. And, I mean, he was already 
very good. And, and now to be in that offense, granted they're going to have a new quarterback, uh, whether that's Colin Schley, who transferred from Kent State, or uh, someone else. They just got like the number one quarterback um, in 2023, I think, Dylan Moore. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Carson Steele, by this time next year, we could be saying Carson Steele, day two draft pick, solidified day two draft pick, <laughs> based yeah. off what he does next season with the Bruins. Yeah, good move for both because they're going to need to replace Charbonnet. Yeah. Um, another running back on the move, Utah running back Micah Bernard, kind of lower key kind of guy, but uh, pretty effective in his carries at uh, Utah there. Cal wide receiver J. Michael Sturdivant, uh, one of the all name teams. It's very interesting. It's just J. Period Michael. This <laughs> is his first name. Uh, he has entered the portal. I saw that he was getting interest from UCLA already. Um, so there's another Chip Kelly going after guys. Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman, one of the biggest quarterback dominoes to fall. Everyone knew it all along, but he has officially committed to the Fighting Irish, headed to South Bend to be Marcus Freeman's new quarterback next year, ACC's all-time leading passer. Michigan wide receiver Andrew Anthony, he has entered the portal. He already has offers from uh, foes here. Penn State and Michigan State have both already offered Anthony. Uh, I would, I'll take him on, on Penn State if we can get him. I, I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, South Carolina running back Marshawn Lloyd. He is going from one USC across the country to the other USC. Um, committing to the Trojans there. Lincoln Riley getting a, a good back from the Gamecocks. Um, and yeah, be, because they are... I think Austin Jones is gone. Uh, I think he don't have, I don't think he has any eligibility left. And they already lost, uh, I can't remember, their starting running back for some reason. Travis Dye, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina, defensive back Cameron Kelly. He has committed to Virginia. So, uh, Tony, Elliott, Tony Elliott, right? He's head coach mm-hmm. Virginia. I always get I always get confused on where Brent Pry went, but Brent Pry is Virginia Tech. Um, mm. But yeah, Tony Elliott, Virginia's gotten a, a bunch of uh, very good transfers this year, so I'm interested to see the Cavaliers. But they got to figure out their quarterback situation. Brennan Armstrong still in the portal, but uh, is getting closer to committing. I think probably probably Auburn, realistically. Um, and then last one, Oklahoma State defensive back Thomas Harper committed to Notre Dame. Another good get for Marcus Freeman and the Irish there. Uh, one returning player to note, which I didn't really understand why this was a big thing because I didn't 
think he was going to go to the draft anyways. Ohio State running back Mayan Williams is uh, returning, he announced. Uh, again, I, I I defer to you because I didn't think he was realistically a draft prospect right now anyways. I think um, a late round guy, probably sixth or seventh, he maybe could have um, um, gone in, um, but obviously returned to maybe help, help boost that. Um, and I think it's possible that he can. I mean, he kind of basically took over the starting role um, from Travion Henderson. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that works out next year for OSU. Yeah, it is weird, though, because he's not going to be the starter. Uh, Travion Henderson definitely uh, should be the guy, more talented anyways. And he also has a, a guy that's produced once Henderson and himself were hurt in Dallin Hayden. So, yeah, I don't know what uh, Coach Day is going to do with that running back rotation next year, but we'll wait and see. Um, and then two draft declarations. Got some wide receivers in the draft pool here. Michigan wide receiver Ronnie Bell. Another guy that uh, I was shaking my head about because he has had some flashes, but um, he's going to be a day three guy in my mind. Um, so, yeah. But he does kind of feel like... Not the same, but Donovan Peoples-Jones was drafted in the second round, I believe, by Cleveland. Second or third, I don't remember. But uh, well, I, I didn't really think there was that much there with DPJ, but um, turns out there is a lot there since he's produced uh, in his breakout season this year for the Browns. Um, and then the other one, Oklahoma wide receiver Marvin Mims. Now that guy, I, I'm a little, a little bit higher on <laughs> Marvin Mims, dynamic deep threat kind of guy, um, speed for days with Mims, and uh, I'm interested to see if he can sneak into day two or not. NFL news here, uh, Demar Hamlin. So we, our prayers uh, have been answered. Tamar Hamlin, breathing tube is out, was squeezing people's hands uh, this weekend, or this week, and uh, today he FaceTimed into the team meeting, addressed the entire team. It's just miraculous, really, to see how quickly he's recovered, um from monday night in just uh four days here yeah i mean really just an incredible story um just really thankful that the the best possible outcome um you know came out um and i mean just just seems like an incredible person I, when i saw the tweet that his first words were like when he kind of was able to communicate where if they won, asking if they won, man, that, that tweet, man, it broke me. I was like, dang, that's, <laughs> that's just, you know, just kind of a beautiful moment. So it, it is really a, a great thing um, that basically everyone's prayers have been answered. Yeah. Um, and, and possibly 
looking to get uh, released this weekend sometime, hopefully. Uh, still kind of waiting, though, to see, like, the initial... Uh, the diagnosis of uh, what mm-hmm. actually occurred, even though they said uh, commotio cordis, I believe is the right. I know the commotio part. Commotio cordis it was uh, considered to possibly be the uh, the what happened, but um, not confirmed yet by the doctors. So we'll see what what happens there and. I also did see another thing, uh, another quote from someone else that said, it was a player that said, the first few minutes of, I guess, Saturday's the first game. So, first few minutes of that Chiefs Raiders game are going to be, I, I think he said scary. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we'll see how players play the, the first couple minutes of that game. Yeah, and I mean, I can't even imagine you know, being in, in their headspace because I think all of them kind of know in the back of their mind that it's really possible. I mean, we've seen some really, um, you know, crazy injuries uh, mm-hmm. in the past couple of years. Um, but I think just seeing that and the possibility that he literally could have lost his life on the football field – um, and all the repercussions that came with that, um, it totally, it would totally get in the headspace of everybody who's lacing it up, um, this weekend. So it's going to be interesting to kind of watch, um, to see how guys feel about it. And yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And that was the worst injury, um, since Ryan Chazier, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll see how these go. But was placed on IR officially today um, by Buffalo, so he will not play the rest of the season. Um, expectedly. General news here. Uh, because of what occurred on Monday, the NFL announced that game will not be resumed. So. <laughs> It, it brings in all this kind of stuff. There is a possible neutral site AFC championship game going to occur. And the way that we get to that, right? I love that Ian Rappaport posted this NFL research chart um, on Twitter. If you want to look at it yourselves, just look up Ian Rappaport and uh, you'll see it in his tweets today. But um, the... Neutral site scenarios would be if the Bills and Chiefs are playing. There is one scenario where the Bengals-Chiefs would be a neutral site. But to get to a neutral site AFC Championship game for the three games with those three teams this weekend, the Chiefs win, the Bills win, and the Ravens win. That puts Kansas City 1, Buffalo 2, Cincinnati 3. That is a neutral site if Buffalo and Kansas City meet. Chiefs win, Bills win, Bengals win. Also the same thing, 1-2-3, KC, Buffalo. Cincy also going to be a neutral site there. The other two with the Bills-Chiefs AFC title neutral site would be if the 
Raiders, Patriots, and Ravens all win. That would be the same Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, one, two, three, neutral site there. And then uh, Raiders, Patriots, Bengals win. It would put Chiefs one, Bengals two, Bills three. That would also get a neutral site with the Bills-Chiefs AFC title game and a neutral site with Bengals-Chiefs. Um, so the only way the Bengals make the AFC title game at a neutral site is if they are the two seed. Um, and if the Bills are the two seed and make it, then they are... Uh, well, I guess... See, I don't understand how that would happen. I don't know. Oh, if the Chief, if the Chiefs win, but the Patriots win and beat the Bills and the Bengals win, that would be the only other situation they'd be the two seed. But then the Chiefs would host. But yeah, it's gonna be it's it's a whole like fiasco there with the uh, scheduling of the AFC title game. But we also have a potential coin toss heard around the world coming up. Uh, if the Bengals and the Ravens end up scheduled to play each other in the playoffs, in the wild card round, which would happen if the Bengals beat the Ravens, uh, or if the Chargers win and the Ravens beat, it doesn't matter what, well, if the Ravens win or not, um, the site would be determined by a coin flip if those two teams are are going to play each other in the wild card round. So that's I don't know how the Bengals got so shafted by this thing, but <laughs> they're the only team that really comes out on the losing end out of all this. Yeah, and I mean it, it does. It's one of those things that just you know it kind of. There was no way they were going to be able to do this. And everyone comes out, um, you know, you know, in a fair position. Uh, just someone was going to come out kind of uh, at the low end of the totem pole. Um, but I think, you know, overall, they made the right decision to not try to resume the game um, or try to cram it in somewhere. I don't think that would have fit into player health. And just like the the schedule of the league, um, and I think in terms of the possible scenarios that they're coming up with, they are putting in a good amount of work into finding a fair, um, you know, outcome. So the Bengals but did get one thing though. Go ahead. They they are now they are the AFC North champions. That, that's yeah. what they got out of this. <laughs> they got a yeah. division championship without having to play for it this weekend. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, what's interesting is how likely some of these scenarios could be. Like you said, like if the Chargers win, we could be seeing a coin toss uh, neutral site. Um, uh decision so it's going to be really interesting i really don't understand the whole coin toss thing though right i understand that okay if the bills would have beaten the Bengals in that game and then the ravens would have beaten the Bengals, the ravens would have won the afc north but at the same time 
it's the Bengals were up seven to three in that game, looking very good because they were driving uh, for their second second score um, when that game ended. But I I don't really understand the coin flip. I think in terms of those two teams, the Bengals should host if they play. But that's just that's just my opinion. Especially if the Bengals beat them this weekend. I think that should have been a stipulation. Yeah. If the Bengals beat the Ravens this weekend, I mean, why should a coin decide that they're going to have to go to Baltimore to play a wild card game? Because then, if they beat the Ravens again in Baltimore, right, they're going to be a three seed anyways. Uh, so they're going to have to go on the road to Buffalo more than likely um, in the divisional round. So to put a three seed having to go three straight road games, essentially, if everything would work out, <clears throat> that's unfair, really. Uh, and a division champion to have to go win three straight road games um, is would be a tough look. But we'll... we'll See what the coin toss shows, because I think the Chargers are going to win anyways. Um, but yeah, that's a lot of intriguing stuff. We have a bunch of starters announced, uh, because it's week 18, everyone's kind of, most teams are looking at the future, so the Commanders are one of those teams doing that. They are starting fifth round rookie quarterback Sam Howell out of North Carolina, He's going to be the 65th different starting quarterback this year. That is the most in NFL history outside of the strike-shortened 1987 season. Uh, So, yeah. Again, it's just added to the awkwardness of the 2022-23 season. Yeah. Uh, the Dolphins, they are starting Skylar Thompson at quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater ruled out. Tua still out. And uh, Mike Glennon more than likely going to be his backup. They signed him to the practice squad this week. Um, the Cardinals, they are starting David Blau once again at quarterback. I still don't understand what happened with Trace McSorley. I think... Cliff Kingsbury screwed my guy over, but that's just me. No bias. Uh, we have the 2023 Hall of Fame finalists announced. Uh, Going to be a max of five modern era, uh, not inductees. Uh, they're going to be announced February 9th at NFL Honors. And the finalists are... I feel like I'm on an award show. <laughs> and the nominees are... <laughs> uh, Jared Allen, defensive end. Offensive tackle, Willie Anderson. Corner, Rondé Barber. Defensive end, Dwight Freeney. He is a first ballot guy, one of three. Uh, wide receiver and slash returner, Devin Hester. Wide receiver, Torrey Holt. Wide receiver, Andre Johnson. Corner Albert Lewis. He is in the last year of his modern era eligibility. Going to be a seniors finalist, seniors candidate next year. 
Uh, corner Darrell Rivas, also a first ballot guy, as is offensive tackle Joe Thomas. Those are your three first ballots. Um, linebacker Zach Thomas. Defensive end linebacker Mar- Demarcus Ware. Wide receiver Reggie Wayne. Linebacker Patrick Willis. And safety Darren Woodson. So take your take your five. <laughs> What's interesting is that I think all three of the potential first ballot guys could be in. I think all three are deserving of a a first ballot in spot. Specifically, I think Darrell Rivas and Joe Thomas. I think Mm -hmm. that their body of work for the time that they did it, I mean, they were number one at their position for a really good number of years, um, which is really impressive. Um, I don't think he's going to get in um, at this point, but I am kind of, you know, and it's surprising he's a Packer fan, but I wouldn't mind seeing Devin Hester in the hall, man. I mean, I I think that there's something to be said on your Hall of Fame resume um, when you have um, done something to fundamentally kind of change the game or stand out in some way. And Devin Hester just, I literally can't remember another person who was as electric as he was on special teams. Like literally every time on a kickoff, you were like, he could take it. And there really just hasn't been uh, another person like that. So I think that's interesting. If I had to pick five to make it, I would pick Revis. I'd pick Joe Thomas. I'd pick Freeney. I would pick... Hmm. I would pick Tory Holt and uh, probably the fifth spot I'd give to DeMarcus Ware. Yeah, my my five are, are similar. I agree. Joe Thomas, uh, by far, is, the I think, the best finalist out of all of them. Uh, Ten-time Pro Bowler. Um, I don't know how many All-Pros he has, but... Um, yeah, Joe Thomas, I'd probably go Darrell Rebus, um, Tory Holt, and I'm not putting Devin Hester in, DeMarcus Ware, I think, should be in, I think he is the best defensive end, um, he's better, he was better than Freeney, uh, in my mind, and then, um, my fifth one, actually, just, I was just looking at the list, and I... I'm putting two receivers in. Uh, Andre Johnson. Uh, We talk about dominance in their time. Andre Johnson was right up there with Calvin. Um, Didn't have the stats that Calvin had because the Texans sucked. Uh But but still, Andre Johnson year in and year out was one of the most dominant receivers um, of the 2000s and early 2010s there so yeah that would probably be my five the fifth one is kind of weird um but again it's it's a max of five a minimum of three so you don't have to put five in uh i gotta turn this thing off because it's gonna have background noise but uh patrick mahomes 430 yards 
That is what Mr. Mahomes needs to break the single-season passing yards record. Do we think he does it against the Las Vegas Raiders on Saturday afternoon? I don't think so because... Yeah, I mean, is there a way the Chiefs can lose the one seed? If they lose and the Bills win. So, I mean, I guess he'll play the whole game unless there's like, you know... I mean, it's possible, but I don't think it's probable. Um, Because, I mean, even for a guy of his talent. Now, the Raiders are one of those teams where it's just like one week, they're literally the worst team in the league. And the next week, they're like... Like, I I started the 49ers defense in my (laughs) fantasy championship. Because, obviously, it's Jared Stidham starting, and it's the 49ers defense. And then they got into, like, a shootout. Um so, I mean, you know, if, you know, divisional game, close game, a lot at stake. Um, because it's on Saturday, so they won't know um, what the outcome of the Bills-New uh, England game will be. Um, it's possible. I don't think he gets there. But I think the bigger point in all of this is, like, Patrick Mahomes is having an incredible year. And it's like no one's talking about him. <laughs> He's probably going to win MVP, but it's like he's just kind of established like this level of brilliance where it's almost like, you know, it's not as fun to talk about just cause he's been so consistent. Um, so that's kind of cool to see that he's reached that kind of upper echelon uh, of guys. It's, uh, I'm just kind of, dumbfounded by this email that I got. Um, the, a, a player is seeking an agency for representation from my alma mater. Okay. Uh, well, I'll have to address that later, I guess. Um, he's already signed a contract with the Indoor Football League. And as a tryout with the United Football League. Trying to get into the CFL, XFL, or USFL. Um, yeah, that would kind of just... That, that one took me, man. I saw this, I saw this email that said, Representation. Uh, for this guy's name. Um, but yeah, it's, that's crazy. The Giants expected to sit their key starters this week. That's going to screw me over in my fantasy league because with the Bills game not being played, we decided that uh, our fantasy championship is going to slide to week 18. I'm manually scoring them on a Google Sheet. Um which is nice because I already had a a Google Sheet set up for our XFL Fantasy League that we did a couple years ago. Um, just had to tweak the formulas a little bit, but it's pretty impressive if I do say so myself, <laughs> uh, the formulas that I had to write to put in there. But anyways, Tyrod Taylor likely going to start this one. Uh, I'm going to have to figure out a different running back to put in for Saquon because I'm not starting him. 
But, uh, yeah, it's nice. Nice that the Giants are going to do this for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I did see that it, they, someone said on Twitter, if Tyrod starts, he's going he's gonna to play to win. Um, good luck, sir, with your backup <laughs> offensive lineman. And I want to say backup receivers. But aren't there starters already backup receivers? Yeah. <laughs> In <laughs> Richie James and uh, what's his what's this other? Ah, oh, why am I blanking on the other guy's name? I don't I don't remember. It's something with an S, right? He just like was popping off like last week or something. Yeah, I don't know. The only one that keeps popping into my head is Darius Slate, but <laughs> it's not him. It's the other guy. That got cut from Buffalo and yada yada yada, but anyways, yes, good luck, sir, with the with that. Um, the Browns, interesting scenario in Cleveland. They sent defensive end Jadavian Clowney home today. Not gonna play this week. Not gonna play the rest. Um, but uh, he has said that he's ninety five percent sure that he will not be returning to Cleveland next year. He said that last year, too, and then they re-signed him. So, um, yeah. It's interesting. Anyways, Jadavian might be uh, done because <laughs> he didn't yeah. have a market last year, and he held out for – for someone to pay him ten million dollars, and the Browns finally said, "Yeah, we'll do that." I guess. <laughs> yeah, and he he wasn't exactly a world beater this year, so. Yeah. He only plays well when he's playing opposite of Miles Garrett, which is kind of kind of simple logic there. Um, playoff scenarios already kind of we already kind of talked about some of these, but the uh, Chiefs. To get the number one seed, all they need to do is beat the Raiders on Saturday. Simplest scenario for them. Uh, or if they do lose to Vegas in Vegas, they need the Patriots to beat the Bills on Sunday. The Bills, we already said this one, they need a win and a Chiefs loss on Saturday to uh, get that number one seed. Which I hate that the Chiefs playing on Saturday, right? For my Steelers' sake, because if the Chiefs win, do you think the Bills rest? I don't think they would, uh, because they do still, they would still have to play for that two seed. Because as it stands right now, the Bills are a game ahead of the Bengals. And a really interesting added dimension to that is because it, it boils down to coaching philosophy, right? If you if you decide to sit your guys or not, um, if, if you feel like they you need to keep them in rhythm or you need to give them some rest, what impacts that more for the Bills in this case is that they really haven't played the game like a full game for you know two weeks already um, because of you know obviously. Um, the injury to DeMar Hamlin. So, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question. Um, and it is it is really interesting to see how that Vegas game is going to affect 
the playoff picture. And there is there is one scenario where the Bills are the two seed, but the Chiefs host without going to neutral site. It is if the Chiefs win, the Patriots beat the Bills, and the Ravens beat the Bengals. Then the Chiefs would host the AFC Championship game if the Bills were the two seed. Yeah. So, is that one scenario enough to rest your starters? Eh. But, I again, I don't think they would. Why would... I don't know. Because, yeah, if they lose... If they allow the Patriots to win and the Bengals win, the Bills are the three instead of the two. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the Patriots, their playoff berth, they are a winning in. Uh, simplest scenario for them. The Dolphins, they need a win and a Patriots loss, which again got more complicated, which we'll talk about the Jets quarterback situation in a second. A lot of stuff working against the Steelers right now that I'm not I'm not here for it. But the Steelers uh, are the last team that can make it in. They need a win and a Patriots and a Dolphins loss. Something I thought was very feasible just a couple days ago. But now I don't think as much with what the Jets quarterback situation is. And the Bills maybe not playing all their guys. On the NFC side, the Eagles, uh, once again, for the third straight week, they just need a win, and they win the NFC East and the number one seed. For the NFC East to still be clinched with a loss, they would need the Cowboys to lose to the Commanders. They could also get the number one seed with a loss, but they would need the Cowboys to lose to the Commanders, and David Blau to shock the world and beat the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> in San Francisco. I believe it is. So, j- just win. Just beat the Giants' backups. It's Jalen Hurts is coming back. It's it's pretty simple. The Niners, for their number one seed hopes, they need a win and an Eagles loss. The Cowboys... Uh, for the NFC East, it's the same thing. Win and an Eagles loss. Cowboys still can clinch the number one seed. They need a win and losses by the Eagles and the 49ers. Your Packers, winning in. That's all you got to do is beat the Detroit Lions on Sunday Night Football, last game of the regular season. Simple, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not when, like, the Lions are one of the most efficient, like, teams over the last, like, five weeks or whatever. At home. Yeah. At home, Derek Golf is Joe Montana. <laughs> but on the road, a, on the road a, he is Derek Goff. <laughs> uh, the Seahawks, they need a win and the, a Packers loss to make it in. They play the Rams. And the Lions, they need to beat the Packers, and they need to have Seattle lose to the Rams. So we'll know the scenarios going into Sunday night, which will be (laughs) uh, something else to know that more than likely the Lions will will be eliminated, right? Um, 
because no one expects the Rams to beat Seattle in Seattle right now. So the the Lions can only play for one thing and one thing only if the Seahawks win, and that is to crush the Packers' dreams and uh, get the Seahawks into the playoffs. IR activations. Um, the Eagles, they open the practice windows for safety guard C.J. Gardner-Johnson and defensive end Robert Quinn. Both might play this weekend. I think I haven't really heard much on Quinn, but uh, Gardner Johnson, I do know he has been progressing well. Going to see um, what happens tomorrow, Saturday, being the key day every week for the IR guys, see if they get activated or not. Um, Chiefs, they are getting back wide receiver Mecole Hardman this week. 49ers also getting help on offense. Running back Elijah Mitchell being activated off of IR. So they will have a dual backfield there with CMC and, and Mitchell. Vikings, they are activating tight end Irv Smith Jr. I'm just praying he doesn't play much this week. I need TJ Hawkinson <laughs> in my... Week 18 now, Fantasy Championship. So um, I'm already losing Saquon. I can't really afford to lose TJ Hawkinson uh, to Irv Smith snaps, which I don't think I will. But there's that threat. Um, and then the Bills, they are getting some help in the secondary corner. Christian Benford coming off IR, so that'll help in the playoffs there. Really a crazy path for him. Uh, seventh round pick, I believe, Arizona State. Guys being placed on IR. Um, Vikings losing offensive tackle Brian O'Neill, partially torn Achilles, massive. The Vikings offensive line has taken a lot of big hits the last couple of weeks um, with Christian Darisaw. He's been out. Garrett Bradbury got hurt. And now O'Neal as well. Uh, I think they've had some guard issues too. But um, limping in there to the playoffs. But somehow they keep winning. I don't know how they do it. but <laughs> Up for last week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the Commanders, they placed running back Antonio Gibson on IR. He will not play this weekend. And just one injury to note. It's kind of an injury-slash-rehab surgery thing. Cardinals, quarterback Kyler Murray, he had successful ACL reconstruction and meniscus repair this week. So a uh, long road back for Kyler. I highly doubt he'll be ready for 2023, but uh, Cliff thinks he might be. Anyways, I I don't think so, though, based off when he got hurt. Uh, yeah. in November. So that's that's tough. But they have a weird I don't I don't even know. Arizona's a, a lot of got a lot of stuff going on that Yeah. They gotta figure something out out there. I don't, yeah, I honestly don't know <laughs> what they're gonna do. <laughs> I've been using some of the mock draft simulators and I get bored in, in commercial breaks in between games and I try to pick the teams that are like in the 
hardest positions and I get to the Cardinals and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you do. I think at that point you just try to hope you get a, a high draft pick and just take best player available and just. Well, you know what you can do in Arizona? You can wait. You can wait until the sixth round and you can draft this stud of a 5'10 frame quarterback <laughs> out of the greatest institution in America, the University of Georgia, um, that has put a record together of the last two years of 27-1, and one, I believe it is. Um, so... <laughs> yeah. I mean, they got to... <laughs> The goal is to find someone who can help them get to like 500 until Kyler comes back. Yeah. And I, I think, think there will be plenty of, of veteran stop gaps like there usually are um, in the second round of free agency. Um, definitely don't have to buy big in the first round. Um, even though last year was kind of weird, like Mitch Trubisky was the only one that was really coveted by teams i think um but yeah i don't know speaking of veteran stop gaps <laughs> dolphins quarterback teddy bridgewater i mentioned he is out dislocated pinky uh not gonna play this week ravens quarterback lamar jackson out once again this is uh what's Six, seven. I don't remember how many games. It's been a while. PCL strain for Lamar. Not going very well. Yeah. Neither are his contract negotiations. <laughs> right. And I don't think those are mutually exclusive. <laughs> uh, Cardinals. Interesting. Wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins is out. He's not going to play the last game of the season. I don't know if that's injury or hop being pissed off <laughs> really uh i still have to watch the last couple episodes of hard knocks but um because they they didn't do one on the bye week so i gotta watch the last couple titans are getting good news for their saturday night showdown with the jags uh titans running back derrick henry with his hip injury Defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons and defensive lineman Danico Autry. They are all going to play. No injury designations going into that. So Simmons and Henry are massive returns for Tennessee with uh, Josh Jobs starting there. Bears will have a new starting quarterback. Justin Fields is out for the season finale. Hip injury there. Uh, Nathan Peterman going to start against Minnesota. So uh, Bears hoping the Texans can win and get a loss against Minnesota, get that number one overall pick, draft their new quarterback because Justin Fields sucks. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just throwing stuff out there, uh, options that Chicago has. Bold. <laughs> Why not? Trade him. Bryce Young's better anyways. Uh, Jets, they have a new starting quarterback. Mike White is out with sore ribs. Joe Flacco going to start 
which again, it's Flacco versus Skylar Thompson. Who would have thought week 18, 2023? That's, that's how this season has gone. <laughs> uh, Chiefs kicker Harrison Bucker. He is questionable for their Saturday game. They signed uh, Matthew Wright to their practice squad, has kicked for the Chiefs before, kicked with the Steelers this year also. Pretty solid veteran guy that can come off the practice squad. And then Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts, SC sprain there. He is officially listed as questionable, but expected to play. Transactions here. The Bears, they signed wide receiver Equinemius St. Brown. One year, one and a quarter million dollar extension. Uh, so good for St. Brown there. Cowboys, they released wide receiver James Washington. Never really did anything. I was surprised I didn't hear of him getting picked up off uh, waivers. No mm. one. I don't. I guess he cleared because I didn't hear of anything. Um, mentioned Dolphins signed Mike Glennon. Bills, they waived corner Xavier Rhodes. So he is once again looking for an employment Chiefs, they released wide receiver Brian Edwards. And the Eagles waived guard Sua Opeta, making room um, possibly for C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Robert Quinn, and uh, Brett Toth, the offensive lineman. Final college pick standings. Mark got us, man. Um, (laughs) Pretty bad in my case. You were only six back. And uh, I ended uh, 19 back. But still, I mean, the winning percentages, I think we do a fantastic job on the show here. Mark ended up with a 73.1%. You were... You were close. You were also above 70, 71.7. I'll take it. And uh, I was down there in the lowly 68.9%. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we, we do pretty well for the games we pick every week. Um, they're not the hardest games to pick, especially a lot of the top 25. But some of them are kind of hard when you get the ranked matchups against each other, and I don't know. We got to compare our stuff to the ESPN guys. You're right. <laughs> uh, NFL pick standings here. Look at the records last week. I, I, this is my third straight week at 10-4, and four, and I still really haven't made a dent in the, in the deficit. Uh, I am still eight back of Mark. You are three back still after losing your lead last week. Um, so... Yeah. Gotta get back. <laughs> we got we got one more week and then playoffs. Uh so the first game here Saturday tomorrow, Chiefs at the Raiders. We are all on the Chiefs, obviously. Nine point favorites there. Uh in Vegas. I mean, the only way they lose is if Stiddy becomes Stiddy like he was last week. <laughs> so yeah uh, that's uh that's how this game is gonna go go to overtime like it went did against the 49ers i just can't imagine it happening back to back 
like I said, the Raiders have just been so hot and cold. I just can't imagine them putting it together another week and just putting on a a Stidham show for us all. But hey, man, hey, the Chiefs' defense is worse than the Niners' is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is, but I just, I don't know. And Stidham learned from the GOAT, Mr. Brady, when he was in New England. So there is that. Maybe maybe Stidham Stidham wants to be Brady now. Uh, the total here is fifty two and a half. I believe that is the largest of the weekend. And I'm gonna why not why not get fifty three plus points in this game? Four thirty tomorrow. ESPN, ABC, ESPN plus simulcast afc south championship game titans at the jags no one's taking a shot on mike vrabel and the tennessee titans i i want to go back to some point and look what their lead was i don't know i don't know what their lead was on this division but at the midway point in the season everyone said bro the Titans got this locked. <laughs> the Colts suck. Yeah. The Titans suck. And the Jags suck. <laughs> well, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, the Jags were like two and six at one point. So it was like, well, the Titans are just going to run away with the division again. They, um, they and the Steelers are trying to do the same exact thing. Make it to the playoffs after a two and six. Yeah. It's impressive, man. And I think what this boils down to, and I mean, I don't like betting against Vrabel and Derrick Henry um, together, um, but this boils down to, I mean, you got one of the coldest teams in the NFL going against one of the hottest teams in the NFL. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is playing the best football he's um, had since his like freshman year at uh, Clemson. So, <laughs> so that's pretty dangerous. Um, that's why I think they get the dub. Yeah, third-string quarterback in Josh Dobbs. I thought he did play pretty well against the Cowboys last week for what the situation was and everyone mm-hmm. that they didn't have. Now they do have some stuff. I think it'll be a closer game than the Cowboys game was anyways um, because it is division rivalry, heightened uh, awareness there. But, yeah, the, the Jags have all their guys and the Titans don't have all their guys. <laughs> that's That's my... Uh, educated analysis right there. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, This game is 8.15 p.m. ESPN, ABC, and ESPN+. Plus. Sunday. This is where the fun starts. The Browns at the Steelers. I don't like we all took the Steelers. The Browns are playing a lot better than the first couple games Deshaun Watson played. But who have they really played? Not very good teams <laughs> uh you know they played the ravens who are averaging like 13 points a game with uh, tyler huntley at the helm they played the commanders last week who started carson wentz and threw three picks the steelers i just there is something about this team again like the jags like i said they're trying to do the same thing trying to get to the playoffs after starting two and six and they're at home. So why not? Um, 
Kenny Pickett, the last month, has looked like the guy they drafted 20th overall this year. He's the guy that I thought he would be, and he's finally doing it. And the offense, the running game, the running resurgence on this offense has been crazy, too. They are running it uh, very efficiently behind that offensive line and Najee Harris. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, for my money, Mike Tomlin is one of, if not the best head coach in the National Football League. I have a lot of respect for Mike Tomlin. I think he's going to be able to put Deshaun Watson in just, like, absolute hell. Like, just going to be able to scheme something up. Um, Not that Watson's really necessarily been a world beater as of late or needed a lot to kind of shake his confidence. Um, but I, I think they're going to be able to force him into some tough situations and come out with a win here. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that I didn't mention was the Steelers defense is, is back to be in the Steelers defense. Uh, they've held the last couple opponents to 10 and 13 points. So I think the only shot the Browns have of winning this game is if Miles Garrett just kind of takes it over up front and, and has a multi-sack kind of performance. Um, yeah. But I just I don't see that happening because I think that they're going to be able to scheme against him. Yeah, and without Clowney on the other side, I mean, there is nothing that's stopping the Steelers from double-teaming and triple-teaming Miles Garrett all day. That should be number one priority when Kenny goes to the line, wears 95. That's <laughs> pretty simple protection. <laughs> uh, the total here is 40. This is a popular number this week. 40. Most games are like 40 and around there. Um, so 40. You know, I, I have to go under because that's what the Steelers' last couple games have been. It's been low scoring comeback efforts i'm hoping that it's not that stressful for my sake um but at 10 a.m mind you when i will be in la 10 a.m i will be watching this game it'll get done around 1 p.m so for my early morning sake i hope this game is not stressful uh but yeah, under for me in that one. Panthers at the Saints, non-playoff matchup here. You and I are on the Panthers. This is the exact same thing that happened last week, and Mark beat us. Mark picked the Bucks last week. They beat the Panthers, won the NFC South. It's kind of good for the Panthers. They're going to have a higher draft pick now without making the playoffs, needing to get that franchise quarterback. Not in a position, really, at this point um, in the draft being at the bottom of the top 10. But I do want the Panthers to help me my Eagles out, get the Eagles a better draft pick with that Saints pick, keep it in the top 10. Um, and I, I do think the Panthers are the better team. Uh, Sam Darnold has played very well, 3-2 and two in his five starts. Really should have won that game last week. If it weren't... If Mike Evans was not on the field... The Panthers win that game. I mean, he's the only thing that really killed them. Um, and they were up by 11 points in the fourth quarter. So Yeah. The Saints are another team that I just, like, can't figure out. Because they just – they seem so bad. But, I mean, they're 7-9. and nine. 
like with a chance to finish eight and nine. So it, it's a really weird, weird thing. Um, but I think it boils down to quarterback play for me, which is shocking to say. But Sam Darnold, like you said, <laughs> has been playing some really good ball lately to his credit. Um, so I think he'll be able to, to pull out the dub for, for the Panthers. And last week was the first time in his five starts that he they really put the offense on his shoulders because they couldn't run the ball. They didn't run the ball effectively. And he slung it all over the field. Unfortunately, that led to two, two picks and two fumbles. But um, the fumbles really aren't his. At least one of them wasn't his fault. But over-under is 42. Uh, I'm going to go under. I think both defenses are playing well. I'm under 42 in that one. We're not going to get six touchdowns. Bucks at the Falcons, another kind of non uh it doesn't have any playoff implications here. The Bucks are already in. Which I think by the betting line, that's that's why I was surprised you, you picked the Bucks. I don't think the Bucks are gonna play their people. Uh that's why it's minus four for the Falcons. And that's why I'm going with the Falcons. It's most likely gonna be uh, Blaine Gabbert versus Desmond Ritter, I would have to think, because why would you risk your 45-year-old quarterback in a meaningless Week 18 game? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it boils down to just how many guys they sit. I could see them sitting Brady. Um, I don't know if they've played well enough to where they can look at their <laughs> even some of their other veteran guys and say, yeah, you've earned a – you know, a week off. Um, and I think that, you know, for how kind of the regression of the Bucks defense has been this season, I think that front seven is still going to be able to get after a rookie quarterback, uh, which is why I went with them here. Um, but, yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the week 18 picks are so hard to pick yeah. <laughs> because it's just not clear – whether a team is going to sit their guys or not. We'll get to it here in a second, but I think I picked the Giants because I was unaware that they were sitting <laughs> literally like everyone. They're going to get, like, pantsed by the Eagles. Uh, um, yeah, the, picking it is one thing with no repercussions, right? How do you think I feel having to put a fantasy lineup out there? Yep. Um, trying to figure out which guys are in and which guys aren't but it's i don't think it's as bad as some of the other years some of the other years we've had the last week of the season whether it was week 17 or 18 where it's like there are many playoff teams that you're unsure of because all the seeds are like locked up and you can't Mm -hmm. move anywhere in the playoff seating and it's like i don't even know I had that happen in a week seven. We had a we had a week seventeen fantasy championship the one year in my fraternity league, and I lost because I started Zeke against the Eagles, and yeah. the Cowboys had the division locked up already. And they told me he was going. People said that he was going to play a little bit, and he didn't play at all. So, uh, and it was a afternoon game, so it. I didn't have a chance to get anyone else in. 
the total for this one again is another 40 um i'm gonna go with the under like you said bucks defense but again the quarterback situation i don't think is gonna be that great so under 40 patriots at the bills now again i'm i'm very scared here very scared the bills are gonna watch the chiefs win tomorrow and say well you know we can't get the one seed why should we try <laughs> but again they are playing for the two seed to make the afc championship a neutral site and the only way they would get the two seed not is that the patriots win and the ravens win yeah. So, I think they should play all their guys. Yeah. I think the division rivalry aspect, coupled by kind of wanting to go out there and kind of win it for DeMar Hamlin, mm-hmm. um, will lead them to kind of start their guys. Uh, at least initially. Um, you know, if the first half, you know, trends to being kind of a very physical you know, you're worried about some guys getting injuries, some guys are getting banged up. Then maybe you make some in-game decisions um, to that end. But I think you go out and you you, you try and start your guys and, and see what happens. Yeah, I have a big decision to make uh, at quarterback. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. Hurts playing backups. But not maybe 100%. And probably not going to have the rushing numbers that he usually has because they're not going to run him. Uh huh. But I think I am going to start Josh Allen, though. Even with that kind of thing in the back of my mind that he might sit eventually in this game, the last two games the Bills have played against the Patriots, they've absolutely blasted the hell out of them. So (laughs) with that in mind, I think I'm comfortable playing Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs the two guys that I was depending on to make me come back from 44 down uh, in week 17. That did not ultimately happen. But, yeah, uh, I like the Bills here. Over-under is 43-and-a-half. Over, because, again, the Bills should just blow them out. Why not? Let's have a repeat of that. AFC division uh, round game. Or was it a wild card? I don't remember. Last year. Whatever it was. Uh, total here is... Oh, 43 and a half. I already said that. Over. NFC North Vikings at the Bears. Vikings have nothing to play for. They can get the two seed, though. Still. If they win and the Niners lose. They're out of the one seed running, um, but can still move to two. Very unlikely with the Niners playing the Cardinals um, <laughs> and being 14.5-point favorites in that one. So I think th- even that being said, I think I picked the Vikings because <laughs> Nathan Peterman. <laughs> yeah. Nathan Pickerman. Yeah. <laughs> the tank is in. Yeah, I mean, based off our picks, which we'll see, the the Bears will get the number one seed, the number mm-hmm. one draft pick. 
Which again, I'm I am so here for that though. I am so here for the off season storylines of yeah. what will Chicago do at number one. Yeah, I love it. Me too. If just nothing, if if nothing more, just for the discourse. Just it's going to be just just very rich and compelling. There, you have to, you have to think about trading Justin Fields at that point and drafting Bryce Young. I just, I, you reset the rookie time time frame, and he's a better prospect. Really, I think. Anyways, uh, the total here is forty three. I'm going to go under. Um, no reasoning. Bears won't be able to score much. The Here we go. Ravens at the Bengals. This one has the playoff implications. So the Bengals can get the number two seed if the Bills lose. And they win. Uh, and the Ravens can get the five if they win and the Chargers lose to the Broncos. Again, if these two teams stay where they're at right now, three and six, they play each other, then we get a coin flip to determine who's going to play where. So we're all on Cincinnati. I'm shocked, really, that they're a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in a... Even though it's not for the division anymore, it's still a pretty big game. Um, for two playoff opponents here that could be playing again next week. Yeah. I think Lamar being out is the big thing there. Like, I just don't see Tyler Huntley being able to outduel Joe Burrow. Yeah. And, and again, the, the Ravens offense, I said this already, but they have. Uh, Average probably around 13 points a game with Tyler Huntley at the helm. So it's not been very good offensively. I don't know if they'll be able to run the ball or not on this Bengals defense, who just got Sam Hubbard back last week. Um, I think they did. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. But anyways, yeah, I think the Bengals will, will get this done here and uh, hope that the the bills lose and so they can get up to number two and that's the only chance they have at a neutral site afc title game um oh actually they need the raiders to lose the, the raiders to win actually as well i think that's what that that chart said i don't remember though anyways the total here is uh 39 and a half and i'm going under 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 that ravens offense can't score much so under and the ravens defense is still pretty good texans at the colts we got an updated um i just got the tweet that i always look for every week players out this week the big list from adam schefter dwayne brown is out for seattle or for the jets Carlton Davis out for the Bucks. So is Donovan Smith. Vita Vea is out as well for Tampa Bay. Uh, so not, 
Not looking good for Ethan Logan. <laughs> um, also, with the with the Giants, Leonard Williams is out. Lane Johnson for the Eagles. Josh Sweat for the Eagles as well. Um, no Jack Conklin for Cleveland. No Tyler Biotage for the Cowboys. Brian Robinson is out for the Commanders. I, I'm assuming that J.D. McKissick's going to start then for Washington. Uh, uh, or Jarrett Patterson. They just signed him off the practice squad. Why not start the young man? Um, out of Buffalo there. Nick Foles is out for Indy. Oh, good Lord. James Connors out for the Cardinals. Who the hell am I going to start at running back? I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. I'm going to have to start Ezekiel Elliott, I guess, against the Washington defense. That's going to go very well. And then uh, Aaron Donald once again out for the Rams, which we already knew. But, yeah, uh, that's uh. God, dude, I don't know who I'm going to put at my running back spots. I should have just taken the L last week. I, I would have had a had maybe a, a better chance. Uh, Debo Samuel expected to play for San Francisco this week. Jack Jones um, suspended rules violations with the Patriots. Him and... Jake Bailey, uh, I don't know if Jake Bailey's being placed on the reserve suspended, suspended list or not, but he, along with Jack Jones, both violated Patriots rules. So Jack Jones will not play this week for New England. That helps me out with, with Buffalo anyways. <laughs> Stefan Diggs, please, buddy. I need a lot of points from you. Um... And, yeah, the Chiefs, Matthew Wright, he's going to kick tomorrow. They also elevated um, Emir Smith-Marset, the wide receiver, off of the practice squad. This game has absolutely – no one's going to watch this game. Absolutely no one. The only people that are going to watch this game are the Houston Texans fans that are praying for the Texans to lose so they can get yet, an, yet again another number one pick. Uh but you and I don't think that's going to happen. You and I think the Texans are going to beat the Colts in Indy, and they are going to lose that number one pick. And in my mind, possibly they lose Bryce Young. I might watch it <laughs> if the if the Bears lose to the Vikings, which seems probable. I might watch it to see who potentially gets the number one the number one spot. That's right. The Bears fans will be watching this too. I forgot. Mm. They'll have to dual screen it. Or just get <laughs> NFL Sunday ticket like I have. Uh, but yeah, I just think, you know, Sam Ellinger, another starting quarterback for the Colts this week. Um, the, the Texans really should not be 213-1. They have played in probably three to four close games this year that they realistically had really good chances of winning the uh, bears game but they're just their fourth quarters and overtimes have been just terrible absolutely the bears game they had that one they had the chiefs on the ropes they had the cowboys on the ropes as well there's your three 
and maybe there were some others, but uh, yeah. Well, the Colts, week one. Week one, they had the Colts. And they uh, allowed Matt Ryan to come back and, and make the tie and go to overtime and tie it. If they don't allow a fourth quarter collapse in this game, then they'll win. And maybe save Lovey's job. Who knows? Yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's down to the wire. And Jeff Saturday's last game coaching Indy as well. I would think anyways. I mean. Presumably, yeah. He's, he's one in five in six games. Yeah. Uh, so the total here is 38. And, you know, I, I'm going to go with the under. Texans win this one. Three to zero. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I do think it's going to be like 13-10. 13-10 kind of thing. Really low scoring. Last 1 p.m. game, Jets at the Dolphins. This one, uh, again, they're going to be scoreboard watching in Miami there. They're going to be making sure what the Patriots score is. Um because that's the only game that the other game that has uh, implications on them. But uh, Mark Lone Wolfen once again he's going with Skylar Thompson and he really doesn't have. I mean it's it's tough. The, I picked the Jets just because I I need the Jets to win for the Steelers. But do I have confidence that Joe Flacco can beat Skylar Thompson? Hell no. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think they have a better job. They have a better chance of beating them with Joe Flacco than they do Zach Wilson. <laughs> That's so true. I think, That's true. I think uh, there's an added element to that. I just think you know, the Dolphins, unfortunately, have just been so decimated by injuries. Um, I don't care how good of a coach you are or how talented of a team you are. That happens. It's, you know, it, it can just really sink you and it has for them you know they've lost how many like in the last like seven ish weeks um so yeah yeah without Tua, the dolphins have been so bad um mm-hmm. and it's kind of funny because people were like Tua sucks Tua sucks but yet when you look at his record when he's playing versus when he's not the dolphins are a completely different team uh yeah. So I do think Skylar Thompson has some swagger about him. Seventh round pick, um, Kansas State. I didn't expect him to do much when the Dolphins drafted him, uh, and he started now a couple games this year. So yeah, I mean it's kind of it's it's really kind of weird. This line has swung a lot too. Once Mike White was designated as out. This line swung from Jets minus one when it opened to Dolphins minus three. <laughs> but again, Joe Flacco is a veteran. He knows how to win. Super Bowl champion. Whether that was him or not, that's a different conversation. But he can get it done. And please, Joe, you have to you have to uh, harness the power of Joe. <laughs> and I think you know the Joe that I'm talking about. That was in a Jets uniform prior 
way prior <laughs> to Joe Flacco being in the Jets uniform, Mr. Namath. You have to harness the Joe Namath energy. And if Joe Flacco walks out onto that field with a fur coat like Joe Namath did, all bets are off. Jets by 100. <laughs> uh, it would be even more interesting if he was smoking a cig <laughs> walking out. Yeah, like at halftime. <laughs> uh, but anyways, we don't condone smoking cigarettes, people. <laughs> the This game is at uh, over under 37. And uh, under. Jets, you know what? The Jets win this game because they get a defensive touchdown. Sauce gets a pick six off of Skylar Thompson. Sauce. I hate his commercial so much. You seen the Buffalo Wild Wings? Oh, my God. It's so I bad. haven't. I didn't know they did that. Ugh. It's so bad. Don't listen to it. <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> it can't be worse than the Whopper commercial. Oh, it's it's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, Giants. This is the start of the 425 slate here. Giants at the Eagles. Uh, again, nice pick, sir. I like it. <laughs> I had to give you guys a free one. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is what happens when you don't do enough pre-show research. <laughs> Did not anticipate them sitting the starters against a rival, a hated rival. Well, you know, they're just they're just paying them back. Uh, actually, these are not. That's not the payback. The, the commanders are the ones that need to pay the Eagles back uh, for what they did uh, last year or two years ago. Uh, no, it was last year. Allowing the commanders to get in last year. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the Giants have done this before. And there was precedent already because uh, Brian Dayball was on the Bills team with Sean McDermott that rested their starters week 18 uh, a couple years ago. So he learned from McDermott that, you know, this is kind of what you got to do. It's sometimes when you are got some injuries and you can't move anywhere. They're locked into that five seed or the six seed, I mean. So the Eagles have everything to play for number one seed division title yeah and if the eagles win they will be continue the just most absurd streak in nfl history for the nfc east the longest division streak of non-consecutive division champs (laughs) not a consecutive division champ in this NFC East since the 0304 Eagles. Wow. <laughs> but yeah. Uh total here is 43. I'm going over. Over. Eagles score a lot. Please. Chargers at the Broncos. We're all on the Chargers, I thought someone might take a chance on that Broncos minus three. I have no idea why the Broncos are favored in this game. I really don't. Maybe it's because the last two games against the Kansas City Chiefs, they played them very close. But 
And I will say Russell Wilson and the offense has looked a lot better the last three weeks than it has the rest of the season. But that's not enough. The Chargers have not everything to play for because does it really matter if they face the Jaguars slash Titans or the Bengals? Kind. <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> for me, the answer's pretty clear. <laughs> But yeah, why not? Why not, Chargers, get the win here? Jerry Rosberg's last uh, last game as interim head coach there. And they actually switched play callers uh, for this game. They have uh, a different guy calling it. I don't remember who, but... Yeah, Russell Wilson's going to have a new... New voice in his head. Total is 40. And I'm going with the over. I think there are going to be some points in this game. Even though the defenses are pretty good, um, I do think there are going to be some points. Because there were, in both of the Chiefs games, the Broncos put up points and the Chiefs just put up more. So, uh, The... Oh, I did forget to say on the college football pick standings here. We did have uh, everyone went one and one in their lone wolves last week uh, in our final week of picks. You got the Tennessee Volunteers right in the Orange Bowl, beating Clemson. But you got Kentucky wrong, uh, just a little bit. <laughs> 21 nothing shootout, shutout in the... Uh, Music City Bowl there against Iowa. I got Texas wrong uh, against Washington in the Alamo Bowl. Uh, But I did get Penn State right in the Rose Bowl over Utah. Lone Wolf that one. And then Mark got NC State wrong against Maryland in the Mayo Bowl. But he did get Notre Dame right over South Carolina. Um can't remember what that ball was but back to this game uh or actually no i shouldn't go back to this game i should go back to our lone wolves from last week on the nfl i went zero and one that's why i was 10 and four y'all were 11 and three i picked the jets last week and they did not beat the seahawks 23 to 6 mark went two and two he got the bucks right over the panthers the browns right over the commanders but he got the Vikings sorrily wrong <laughs> against the Packers and the Ravens wrong against the Steelers. The total for this game here, though, is 40. Once again, I feel like I just keep saying 40. But it is 40. Uh, and I th- said the over. Yeah. Cardinals at the Niners. Why not? Why can't David Blau... Go into San Francisco, into Levi Stadium, and beat the NFC West champions. <laughs> without DeAndre Hopkins, without James Conner, uh, no Buda Baker on defense. It's J.J. Watt's last game. Why can't J.J. Watt win this game for the Cardinals? <laughs> Dude, if that happened... I don't know who the owner of the Cardinals is, but he'd Michael be so Bidwell. Pissed. He'd be beside himself. 
Cliff might actually get fired if he wins this game. <laughs> uh, Bidwell will say, well, guess we got to sign him to a long-term deal, talking about David Blau. <laughs> huh. uh, but, yeah, 14 and a half, this is the worst uh, point differential, point spread of the weekend. And, I mean, Sam, Sam Fran has... They're going to play everyone because they can still get the number one seed uh, if the Giants backups beat the Eagles. But uh, this should probably be a bloodbath. I feel very bad for Mr. Blau. Hopefully he makes it through the whole game um, because Mr. Bosa is going to be coming around the edge quite often. <laughs> Uh, the total here is 39 and a half and I'm going over because the 49ers might get that themselves <laughs> with how bad this defense is. Uh, Granted, they, I don't, they played so well against Tampa Bay on Christmas, but it, that's, that's the Bucks offense there. Rams at the Seahawks. Playoff implications here. Seahawks need a win and a Lions win to get in. Uh, and we're going with Geno against Baker Mayfield. And uh, six-point favorites at Lumen Field. Got a win last week against the Jets. Rams are... I think the Rams might be a little bit better, even with their... Um, all their injuries that they have. I do think the Rams are playing better than the Jets are right now. Um, so, I think it might be closer than people think, but I do think the Seahawks pull it out here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it just boils down to, like, one team has something to play for. The other team literally doesn't have anything to play for because they don't even own their first-round pick. Um, mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. They are, they are playing to move back, move the Lions yeah. back. <laughs> uh, the total here is 41 and a half and I'm going under. Cowboys at the commanders. We're all on Dallas. And, I mean, the why would we not pick against a rookie fifth-round pick making his first career start against Micah Parsons? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally just going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. But I think the Cowboys are funny, dude. I think they play – they go down to Tampa in the first round. I'm picking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers – not just because I hate the Dallas Cowboys, but I think even though my Panthers couldn't win the South, the the Cowboys, the the Bucks have a better matchup against the Cowboys than the Panthers would have. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting, but I don't think there's any question they win this game. Yeah, the Cowboys are interesting because. I think they have just as good a chance of making it all the way to the Super Bowl as they do losing in the wild card round. Um, just because they're kind of a hot and cold team a little bit. 
um, to some extent. They're like the Vikings, dude. They have so many flaws that people just aren't talking about because they have 12 wins. It's the same thing with Minnesota. There's a lot of flaws there, but they have a lot of wins, so people don't talk about them. Uh, total here is 40 and a half. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go just over. I think the Washington defense will do some, some damage, but not enough to help Mr. Howell get the win. Sunday Night Football, this is what everyone's coming to see. Will the Lions be in play during this game, or will they not? Mark is on the Lions. Um, you and I are on your Green Bay Packers, so take it away. Why will the Packers make the playoffs? I just I have to believe that Rodgers at Lambeau primetime game with the playoffs on the line is going to be able to pull it out. I just, I have to believe that. And what's really encouraging has been the defensive play. Uh, the last, you know, three or so weeks has been pretty impressive. Um, so, yeah, I think that, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, unfortunately for my nerves because <laughs> I do regardless of how the Seattle game uh, goes because I just think that Dan Campbell is going to get his boys going no matter what if they have a playoff spot on the line or not um, mm. to bite some kneecaps uh, but um, yeah I just think that like I said Rogers at Lambeau prime time the experience I, I think he'll be able to pull it out yeah if aaron Rodgers is smiling like he does uh mm. for this game uh, i think it's going to be over relatively yeah. quickly because like i've mentioned the splits the home road splits for the lions are drastic uh especially when you're talking about jared Goff, and especially when you're talking about the defense uh, now, I don't have specific numbers. You can look those up if you want to, but I just know uh, from hearing about it that the, when they're on the road, they aren't the same team as when they're in the Dome. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, fun to watch, I think. I don't think it should be too cold uh, for this one. Probably I would have to think in the 30s. Um, I haven't looked at the weather, but... Should be clear. I don't think there's any weather coming in. So, yeah. Should be a clean game. And, uh, I guess, go Pack Go. <laughs> too bad they're, too bad they, the Vikings aren't going to be the number two seed, because then I would say, Logan, we're packing up, and we're driving to Minneapolis to watch the playoff game. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh... Total for that game is uh, 49, third highest of the week. What is up with that? <laughs> Packers going to score know. 41 again like they did last week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Guess so. Best bets, uh, I am not going to end with a winning record, unfortunately. Uh, just couldn't get it done. 
Uh, last week started off pretty promising, right? I, I told everyone, Broncos plus 12.5 was the easiest bet of the year because of their prior game against the Chiefs. Close game that one, close game last week as well. 12.5 is way too many points for the Broncos to not cover that. Unfortunately for me, I didn't know Stiddy was going to show up for the Raiders, and the Niners minus 10 was not even close, winning in overtime by a field goal. And then the Jets just absolutely were terrible. Minus one and a half at Seattle last week. It was just, it was bad. Mike White sucks. Um, and yeah, so here we go this week, though. Week 18, best bets. Minus six and a half Jags against the Titans. I said it's going to be closer than people think, maybe, but I do think the Jags can pull it off at the end. Uh, and win by a touchdown against Josh Jobs. So, go score some points, T-Law. This one is a little tough. These last two are kind of tough. I didn't like a lot of the lines this week, but minus one, two and a half uh, for the Steelers at home against the Browns. I just have to think that if, if they beat Cleveland, it's going to be at least by three. Um, they've won the last two games by three. So, why not win this one by three? Please don't win by more, um, actually. Uh, I don't need that stress on Sunday morning. And then the Niners minus 14 against the Cardinals. It's I probably should have put the Cowboys minus seven there instead. But why? I mean, the Cardinals have so much going against them right now. I just... There's no reason the 49ers should not obliterate them at home. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully the 49ers deed doesn't let us down again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Lock standings. Mark's clinched. <laughs> he clinched the, the college pick standings. He's now clinched the lock standings. Logan, you have to beat him this week to clinch the NFL standings. I don't got a chance in any of them. So, Mark and you, you you screwed up. You picked the same team last week. Um, you picked the Lions. You both got that one right. I got the Eagles wrong against the Saints. Um, Lions routing the Bears there, but yeah. Two back, see if you can try to get Mark this week. Finish uh, one back there. I'm just dwindling at uh, 10 and 7. Here we go, locks of the week. You took the squarest of square picks <laughs> that there was this week. Chiefs are nine point favorites in Vegas. Uh, unless Stiddy shows up, you're going to win. Uh,. I'm going with the Bills against the Patriots. Mac Jones, that offense, is not very good. Um, and like you said, they're they're playing for number three. They got they got number three patches they're going to wear this week, uh, which is going to be cool. So uh, I'm interested to watch the touchdown celebrations, what, what they do there. Um, 
for for him possibly. And Mark's going with the Jags in the AFC South Championship on Saturday night. Um, I think that's a good pick as well. Dog standings, how the mighty have fallen. I have been so bad the last month. I don't think I've won since November. Uh, you got the Seahawks right, plus one and a half against the Jets. They won outright. I had the Panthers plus three at the Bucks, which was looking fantastic for three quarters and, and two minutes. Um, yeah, that's so bad. And then the Mark got the Browns right, plus two at the Commanders. They won outright. So you and I now, it is the tiebreaker this week. It is on. Will we both go 2-0? and Will one of us go 1-1? One and one, Or will we both go 0-2 oh and, and we tie? Uh, and Mark is, is there. <laughs> Five backs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, here we go. You, you are banking your dog-standing life. On Davis Mills, Lovey yeah. Smith, and the Houston Texans, plus two and a half at the Colts. Yeah. It's really incredible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I just uh, – I don't know if it's I'm betting on Davis Mills more so that I'm betting against uh, <laughs> Jeff Saturday. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean – in reality, what it is is, and you mentioned this a little earlier, I think the Texans are better than what their record is. Like you said, they've played some close games against some actually pretty good teams. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that they're going to be able. And, I mean, you think if you're Davis Mills, like, you know, like go out there, try and prove one last time maybe why they should take Jalen Carter over uh, over Bryce Young. Um, so yeah. Yeah, and mine feels like a trap. Uh, I still don't know what the minus three for Denver is all about. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, I was thinking about Texans. Um, so obviously if, if I would have, would have picked them and I saw yours, I would have changed. But, uh, yeah, the Chargers plus three at the Broncos. I just see no reason why they shouldn't win that game or at least cover. So I know I'm going to lose, but it's fine because I've been picking losers the last month and a half. So, uh, And then Mark, Mark had to change his because he had the Dolphins originally plus one against the Jets. But when that line swung, it wasn't a dog anymore. So he had to pick his only other dog of the week and go with the Detroit Lions plus four and a half at the Packers. Uh, you and I think that's going to turn out very poorly for Mark. So good luck. <laughs> and next week we'll be back. Super wild card weekend. We talking. Yes. Jim Morrow. We'll be talking about the playoffs. Yes, um, sir. That's one of the moments where I wish I kind of had a soundboard connected and I could just hit the little button and say, <laughs> Playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, we'll be talking about all the NFL wild card uh, games. We have a kind of an idea of who's going to be in them right now and who's playing who, but we will know officially after Sunday and uh, talk about those on the Monday show. But then we'll be back talking about the wild card weekend uh, next Friday. And don't forget to follow us on all our social media at FAA Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. FAA underscore bets is our betting account. FAApodcast.com is our website. You can check us out here on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And Monday, we'll have a special Monday morning show. I will be in L.A. for the... 2023 national college football playoff national championship game monday night so i will have stuff to do that evening (laughs) before the game um but yeah i'm out from athens georgia sir thank you for being on and we'll see you back monday morning yep see you monday morning dude 11 a.m uh eastern there i will be up bright and early 8 a.m pacific